0: Table invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make and it. These are questions I ask myself. What's up Table fam? How are we doing tonight? Play it back again. Play it back again. No. It's good to be with you guys. Thank you for the invite to come and be with you guys for the first night of camp nights. I think what y'all are doing tonight is super exciting. I'm super excited that you'll have a chance to actually before you leave here. And like, where do you guys go now? Culver's or wherever it is you guys go after the table. Before you go and you start to forget everything, there's going to be a chance tonight to actually talk about what we're about to discuss. Uh, We're kicking off, as Isaac said, a new uh, little sermon series for the summer, message series for the summer called Axioms. And I have the privilege of talking to you guys about my favorite axiom. Before I tell you what it is, I want to tell you why it's my favorite. I think the axiom we're going to talk about tonight solves a problem we all face in our culture, which is this. On the one hand in our culture, your TikTok feed and your YouTube algorithm and the people in your life and your political leaders and everyone are giving you the message, you should just be yourself. That's over here. You should just be yourself. And at the same time, these same people and these same algorithms are telling you, you should also, while simultaneously being yourself, you should also be a millionaire by 25, and super shredded, and have a PhD by 24, be super attractive, and in a happy marriage, and have it all, while simultaneously, just be yourself. Be your authentic self, and yet be your aspirational self at the same time. It's enough to drive you mad, guys. And ironically, the solution, the way that our world seems to reconcile these two, is by giving us the following advice. They tell us, just fake it till you make it. <laughs> if you will just, okay, you know you're over here. You know you're struggling, and you know you got that C in algebra class, or whatever you're taking right now. Come on, man. And they're telling you, if you would just pretend that you are a mathematician, eventually you will solve the most complicated mathematical proofs. If you will just fake it, you're in this new job, you're really struggling, but it's not safe to tell anybody you're struggling. And if you'll just pretend that you're really good at what you're doing, eventually you'll be really good at it. Here's what I have to say in response. Eh, Wrong answer. That's not how things work. Oh, he spilled it. Yes, you show him. This is my counter argument. That's not how life works. That's not how human beings works. We can't just fake it till we make it. Here's the alternative I offered you tonight. This is my favorite axiom. Teachability is the only shortcut. Here's what I mean. The shortest distance, let's go to the next slide. The shortest path between who you are today and who you want to become is doing the f- following three things. Number one, laying down your ego. <laughs> number two, admitting you need help. And number, th- and number three, finding a teacher. Teachability is the only shortcut. Now, I'm not saying that if you fake it till you make it, that eventually you can't get where you want to go. All I'm suggesting is that if you do that, if you spend the next 20 years of your life faking it till you make it, through marriage, through your career, through your spiritual life, whatever, you might get there, but you're going to get there with bumps, bruises, regrets, scars that were avoidable if you could have just paused, laid down your ego, admitted to someone safe that you needed help, and went and found a teacher. And I've seen this like, this, I think this applies to the, here's a great thing about axioms they're universal so I've seen this apply in like so many random parts of my life guys for example a few years ago I realized that I had been neglecting my health and decided I'm gonna be a gonna be committed to the gym I'm gonna start working out and uh, apparently I can't come to the table Uh, without referencing Batman so um, because I did that last time Dana reminded me so I was watching Batman Begins again I love Christopher Nolan's Batman movies I'm watching Batman Begins and there's this scene in Batman Begins where Alfred the butler comes up to Bruce Wayne he's sleeping in bed in his mansion and Bruce had been out all night fighting bad guys Bruce wakes up Alfred comes with a platter with green juice on it yes remember this you guys know what I'm talking about (laughs) What Bruce does, he wakes up, he grabs this green juice, chugs it like it's a beer, and then like 90 degree falls onto the floor first thing in the morning and bangs out like 15 push-ups. I see some guys nodding like I know exactly what scene you're referring to right now. So when I saw that, I decided I want to be Bruce Wayne. I want to be that fit. So that was going to, that's my new identity. I'm the guy who wakes up in the morning, drinks the green naked juice from the bottle that I have in the, in the fridge and at first thing in the morning I'm gonna do push-ups. There was only two problems. One, I don't like green juice and two, I can't do push-ups. So what to do? Well, what I had to do was admit that I need help, research personal trainers, buy a nutrition program and exercise program for beginners. Start there, right? The same thing I've seen happen in my work life. When I was in high school, I read some books by a guy named C.S. Lewis. Some of you guys I know are fans. C.S. Lewis wrote these books that I read that were super impactful to me. And I was like, I think I, you know, I think I want to write like C.S. Lewis. So you know what I did? I did what any responsible millennial would do I started a blog. That's <laughs> right. I started a blog, and after writing a blog for nine months, which nobody read, by the way, I I stumbled across a C.S. Lewis biography, and I was reading the C.S. Lewis biography, and he was talking about how he became the writer he became. And you know how C.S. Lewis, oh, spoiler alert, it wasn't a blog. Do you know how C.S. Lewis became the writer he became? He was an English major at Oxford University. So you know what I did? I didn't go to Oxford. You know what I did? I signed up for a writing class at Valencia. So that's what I could do. I could admit, okay, this blog thing is not working. That's not how I'm gonna be a good writer. I need a teacher. The only teacher available to me was, I don't remember her name. May she, may she rest in peace if she's still, or if she's still kicking at Valencia. I'm not sure. She was pretty old. Listen, that's all I could do in that moment. And I think for, for all of y'all, I, judging by the giggles, you can think of a thousand different examples in your, in your lives where you've kind of felt this pressure to fake it till you make it, and you look back and you go, man, I would have probably gotten there quicker if I could have just found a teacher, right? Someone to show me the way. I think, here's what I think, guys. I think that this idea, this axiom, applies to every part of our lives because it's connected to one of the deepest truths about who we are, okay? So I want you to look at your Bibles, if you have it with you on your phones, open up to the book of Mark, the New Testament, to chapter eight. All right, while you open there, I just want you to think for a second. Think of, man, I don't want to put anyone on the spot tonight, but I know there's some of you who you really, really want to understand the Bible better Um, But instead of being honest about what's confusing you and buying some books on the subject, you just like watch one YouTube video by some white guy and you're like, yeah, I know theology now. You know, and you just repeat everything that guy says. I've done that, I've been guilty of that. Similarly, some of us in the room, I hate to say it, we think that the quickest way that we're gonna get to a healthy marriage is by just pretending that our toxic dating relationship isn't toxic. Just not saying anything about it and then if we just pretend for you know five years that this toxic dating relationship is fine then we'll get married and if we just pretend long enough that we love each other and that this help this marriage relationship is healthy eventually what what eventually you're gonna have a healthy marriage i don't think that's how that works i don't think this is how human beings work and i think that's because at the core of who we are in our souls our egos get in the way of who God wants us to become. It's at the center of our problem as humanity is that we can be our own worst enemy. Jesus addresses this pointedly in Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Read this with me. Jesus says, And he began to teach him that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again and he said this plainly by the way this is the first time jesus is saying this plainly he's alluded to this before standing with his disciples now he's standing with the crowd and he's telling them this is what's about to happen in the next few weeks guys what does peter do he says and peter took him aside and began to rebuke jesus rebuke him But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And here's the key verse, verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Here's something we're in danger of missing in this passage. He's referencing the cross here, right? But you have to remember, he hasn't died on a cross yet, okay? So they're not, we read that and we're like, oh, we know know where this is going. He's referencing a cross. We know how the story ends. His disciples are like, why is this guy talking about a cross right now? And what I, in studying what's happening here, what I've realized is cross-bearing, cross-bearing, was a common thing in that part of where they lived. The Romans would, in order to punish a criminal, they would not only kill him on a cross, they would humiliate this person by making them carry the instrument of their death up the hill to die. What Jesus is referencing here, what he's saying is, In order to gain your life, you must subject yourself to the ultimate submission of your ego, the ultimate submission of yourself. The only way to follow me is to give up, to completely submit who you are. That, to me, is why teachability is the only shortcut. Because, next slide, discipleship is a teachable spirit that is what it is at the very core of who god baked us to be who god made us to be he he designed the universe in such a way this is what jesus is explaining here he designed the universe in such a way guys that the only way to is through there's no if the quickest way No, i'm gonna assume that in this room by the way We're here because the majority of us want to be like Jesus, okay? If that's not true, that's fine. You're welcome to hang out with us and see what we're all about. But I'm assuming if you're here, you believe the gospel, you want to become like Jesus. And you find yourself here today struggling, insecure, struggling with secret sin, in a bad relationship, whatever. And you can see who Jesus wants you to be. And you wanna be that person. He's over here, she's over here. And I'm telling you what Jesus is saying is that if you want to be this person, the only way is to submit to himself as his disciple, to submit to him as his disciple. In other words, using the same similar language as we did for the axiom, Jesus is saying you need to lay down your pride, admit you need saving, and make Jesus your teacher, okay? That, that's like the core of where this truth is in our universe, I feel like, okay, right? That's what Jesus is explained. But as we all know, sorry if that was intense. I, I'm just very passionate about this. Um, as we all know, um, this can be difficult. The actual, like, man, it's easy to talk the talk. I was actually talking to Dana about this yesterday. She was like, Alec, it, you say it so easily when it's actually much harder than you're making it sound. And I agree. I agree what we need in order to do this is some sort of you know what would be nice some sort of system of belief some sort of system of belief where your identity wasn't tied to everything all of your failures you know what i mean like the problem the reason this is so hard guys is because admitting that you need help and finding a teacher kind of challenges your sense of identity and your sense of worth, right? It's, that's, why, that's why it's difficult. What would be really nice is if we had a system of belief, a system of thought that said, um, your worth is not actually in your work. It would be nice if we had someone who was like way better than us, way smarter than us, way stronger than us, who looked down at us in our weakness and said, you know what? All the goodness I have, I'm just going to give to you. I'm just going to give it to you And by giving it to you, you no longer have to worry about your identity being threatened. You can be honest about where you're at. You can just just follow me and learn with me without your identity and your worth being challenged. You know what I'm describing? (laughs) This is called the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. This is what the gospel is. He, the gospel is the only system of belief that says that your identity is not achieved, it's received. And what we have is this almost miraculous thing, this amazing thing where it's just, the gospel and discipleship work like these two pieces of the puzzle where he says, okay, I'm just gonna give you my goodness and my strength, everything that I have done, what I'm gonna do on the cross, I'm just gonna put it on your account. And in doing so, I'm gonna enable you to lay down your pride, to admit you need me, and to take little baby steps to get there, okay? Well, There's some practical considerations, and this Dana and Isaac are going to come up in a minute. We're going to dismiss to our different groups. And in our different groups, what I hope that happens tonight is that you guys, whether you know each other really well or not, you guys can be a little vulnerable and help each other figure out a couple things. Number one, figure out what area of life you're kind of feeling a little bit of pressure to fake it till you make it. That's the first question I want to give you guys. Consider the following areas of life, and these are just the areas of life that me and my wife often discuss. Health, physical health specifically, love, not just romantic love, relationships, family, friends, work, play, hobbies and rest, that kind of thing, and your soul and your inner life, okay? I want you to talk in your groups, which of these areas do you feel the most pressure to quote, fake it till you make it? Who or what is the source of that pressure? Okay, that's step one. Let's identify where we're kind of faking it and where we need to admit, Okay, that's not really me. I feel some pressure. Number two, what I want to help you do is kind of admit that finding a teacher is sometimes a little bit challenging. And it's going to require three things. One, initiative, two, perseverance and three, availability. And for those of you over 21, you can remember IPA. IPA. I don't want you to leave here and tell them and tell anybody that I told you to drink IPAs. That's not what I'm saying. Especially if you're under 21, it's illegal, right? Follow the law. And if you're over 21, they're gross anyway, so don't drink them, <laughs> right? But I, man, when I when I used to work for the table, I would get guys come up to me all the time who'd be like, "I really, really want a mentor," and I would be like, "Okay, have you reached out to anyone?" They'd be like, "No." Okay. Okay. Well. Or yes, I followed up with one guy. Okay, did you follow up with him? No, he didn't respond to my email or he didn't respond to my text. Did you follow up? No, okay. Okay, he finally responded, great. What, did you guys set it up? Well, no, I'm only available Saturday nights at 7 p.m. It's like, bro, that's not gonna work. You're gonna need some initiative, you're gonna need some perseverance and you're gonna need some availability. I tell guys all the time, I will meet with you, but it's probably gonna be like 5 a.m. Like, that's what I got available. If we wanna hang out, if we wanna discuss something, if you're going through something, If you're available, I'm there for you, right? But I want you to discuss where you could use to find the future and which of these traits you can work on developing this summer. And maybe someone in your group that you know can keep you accountable to that. okay? And last but not least, just to get real with you guys, even if you are in this room and you believe the gospel, you believe what I've been talking about, about Jesus giving you his goodness and his grace and the security of knowing your identity is in him and not just, you know, how smart or funny or you know, attractive or whatever else it is, the world is telling you to be. Even if you believe them. Real talk, there are still going to be seasons where that feeling of love and acceptance is super like palpable. Like you can feel it, like you're worshiping and you're like, I feel like God is with me. And he's just looking down at me saying, I'm so pleased in you. I love you so much. You can feel it. And then there's seasons. You might go months where you're like, I'm reading, I'm talking, I'm doing all the same things I used to do. And man, I just feel shame and insecurity and loneliness and I just feel abandoned. I don't know what's happening. I think if you feel safe enough in your group, the people around you, it'd be really valuable to process a little bit, whether you're in more of a season right now of enjoying that love and acceptance, or if you're more in a season where you're kind of longing for more of that, you need to be reminded of some of those, things, okay? That's, that's all I have for you guys. One, try to try to identify where you're faking it till you make it. Say, eh, that's not how human beings work. That's not how the universe works. Two, okay, in this area, I need to figure out a teacher. How can I develop as a human, as a person, in order to go and find that teacher that I need? And last but not least, taking it all back to the gospel and saying, God, if I don't, actually have an experience of your love and acceptance, all of this is just talk. And I don't want it to all to be talk. I don't, man, I don't want you guys. Lord, please. I do not want you guys. I do not want it for me either. I do not want for any of us to do what I've seen so many people in my parents' lives and my parents' generations do, which is try to fake it till you make it for 20 years and end up with so many bumps and bruises and regrets when if they could have just asked for help and found a teacher early on, they would have made it to who they wanted to become so much quicker. Okay? Okay. Let me pray for us. Don't drink IPAs. Isaac and Dana are about to come up. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. Um, Your gospel, your grace in our lives enables us to have an identity that is able to genuinely admit where we are noobs, where we are beginners, and to not be afraid of that and not to not to let the shame or insecurity of that cripple us. And that enables us to seek after you. I think, Lord, at the core of who we are, you've made it so that laying down ourselves, just like you said, Christ, um, the person who loses their life will save it. This is how you've made us, God. This is, you're so good. And we just surrender to you. And I pray that if anyone in this room doesn't know you and hasn't entered into that relationship with you, where they're ready to surrender and lay down their pride and say, maybe I don't have all of this figured out. Maybe, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe Jesus, you do. And I want to follow you, man. Let that person stand up, come forward and have the discussion that's on their heart. In Jesus name, I pray, Amen.